Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. Out there, all you wrestling maniacs, all you nostalgia-holics, all you hardcore members of the IWSC, and all the casual fans who like their pro wrestling on the TV, thank you for downloading and listening to the WrestleManiacs podcast. My name is Alex Ketchum, and as always, I'm here with the man with the plan, Mr. Bob Wick. Bob, how you doing? We're going to get down tonight, baby! Indeed we are. And always, the always funny Jake Russell. Jake, how you doing? What up, though? I love Detroit greetings. And if you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe. Find us on Facebook or hit us up on Gmail at WrestleManiacsPodcast at gmail.com. Please give us some feedback. Let us know what you're doing, what you like, what you don't like, and how we can get better. Because we're having a good time doing this and want you to have a good time listening. That being said, let's get to the show. WrestleMania 5. And as they so elegantly put it, can I play this video please? Because I really, really want to. WrestleMania 5 intro the greatest graphics we've seen so far with jazz which i believe this music was actually used for jazz's entrance music the female wrestler Sorry, loved it. I just wanted to see it. I love that beginning, that intro. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it I mean, you just got, they put a lot of money into it, and you can tell Vince is really getting into his Hollywood mode right now. Uh, so I always remembered the Macho Man and Hogan arms making the V, but I guess I just remember that incorrectly because all the pictures don't show that, unfortunately. <laughs> my, gla- my, my glasses of nostalgia were just really, really foggy. What were you, yeah, what were you thinking about? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I thought their like, arms were like crossed, you know, like the, like the boxing thing. Uh, and they made the V in the middle. But this was actually when I first started watching wrestling. Like the very first thing I remember seeing about wrestling was a Macho Man promo going into this when he cut a long promo on like primetime wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of telling the story of how Hogan betrayed him. Uh, and I'm going to post that link on our Facebook page. Be sure to check that out. That is my first, I guess, glimpse into the world of wrestling. And I became an addict there shortly thereafter. But before we get into the, the main event here and like the event itself, Bob, can we get back in the uh, Highway to Heaven time machine and tell us what was happening in 1989? Well, unfortunately, this is the last season for Highway to Heaven. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, you, you get 13 more episodes and then it's over. Uh, when we're talking about music, we have Like a Prayer, Madonna for number one hit of 1989. And for movies, we have... Uh, the, the Michael Keaton Batman, that's when that Batman mania started. I loved that movie. That was a great movie. And Ghostbusters, too. So, I mean, we got some good stuff. And uh, Dead Poets Society was like the top three movies of that, that year. I'm going to add a movie and a song to that. Uh, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, another great movie. It wasn't a top movie, but it's a great movie. Uh, it's a top movie. It's a top, yeah. It, no, it's a great. No, I mean it's, as far as pop culture goes, you know what I'm saying. But um, for for the culture, the black culture, do the right thing. And another song for the soundtrack, do the right thing. Fight the power, public enemy. That, that is, is an amazing song. Yes, it is. 
That's all I got to yeah, say. Yeah, that's all we got. That's, that's, that's about it. That is 89 wrapped up in a package. <laughs> and that's all that happened. That is all that happened. Not much happened. And, but really quick, Jake, 89, dirty, not dirty. What do you think? Oh, man, they looking pretty clean right now. It's looking, uh, it's looking better. It's looking better. Uh, this is the best the 80s has ever looked. Maybe because it's the last year of the 80s. I don't know. But this is the best is looking, man. I think it did look good. They had uh, we WrestleMania five took place in the exact same place as WrestleMania four, uh, which is kind of unusual. I think it's the only time they did WrestleMania at the same location two years in a row. I guess Vince and Trump had a really good deal, but this time they did not have as many of the uh, the whales, the high rollers, sitting on the hard camera side, and you could see a lot more of the real fans. You can tell they learned a lot from last year, and they 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 mea copa really hard uh they learned the matches have to be more interesting and they were all these matches are really i didn't really have any boring matches this time around like i've if it wasn't i would would, would, let me take that back most almost all these matches were better than everything we saw last year almost and i really enjoyed it but there's other things like um there they didn't do the whole template of promo show or wrestling match promo wrestling match promo wrestling match they mixed up a little bit more uh, which i found a little more entertaining and some of the vignettes with like uh mr fuji and the other things were were you know great and we and then halfway through we get like a like a a a song from run dmc which you know broke things up and actually added energy to the overall product so i thought that was really cool and really smart like they're learning and I appreciate that about them. Like the product looks better, they're learning from their mistakes from last year. It went a lot smoother. Yeah, like in general, the presentation was a much much better, and it was a better event. Def- I definitely didn't feel like it was as long of a watch as there were some. There were some repeat offenders though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get we'll get into that a little later though. Well, the event kicks off with Rockin' Robin, the WWF's own women's champion, singing America the Beautiful poorly. Yeah. I mean, like, I tried to, you know, like, give her the benefit of the doubt, but, man. It... Who, who did it better, her or uh, Roseanne? Oh, she did it better than Roseanne. I don't know if Roseanne finished. I think she got booed out of the yeah. stadium. <laughs> but... <laughs> Me and Gene definitely did better, better than her. Like, if we're talking amateur WrestleMania people. But that's, yeah, that's a little bit crazy, too. Like, we didn't have any of the star power or celebrity cameos that we, we've been treated to for the last couple WrestleManias. Like, not even Bob Euchre showed back up. Yeah, that was kind of odd that they didn't have the, the big celebrity involvement and the big singer coming out at the beginning. Uh, other than Run DMC or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, actually, no. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're corrected. Right. Yeah, Run DMC. And like, they had a performance, which was which is now a mainstay. You know, it, right. it, it was a gap, I guess, for a few years. But now they have, a like, a concert almost in every WrestleMania. It's kind of like the intermission. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think if if, they, if I would have kept anything, I would have kept a celebrity singing the or, uh, America the Beautiful because that's amazing. It's the same reason why we, we see the two that we always see, like either Ray Charles or Aretha singing that song, because those performances were so great. That would be one tradition I wish they would have kept on doing. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, well, just the results 
Robin, uh, she gave it her best effort, but uh, Jesse wouldn't have any part of it. I, I thought they would. <laughs> yeah, I thought they Jesse would kind of was... try to play over it. Jesse was just like she should keep her day job. Yeah. It's like the first lines you hear from the announcer. You better stick to wrestling, honey. <laughs> God damn. It... He attacked her like he attacked that baby last year. Like it was not <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> if a baby, if a baby's not going to get like get by, talking about Ricky Steamboat's baby. Yeah. he said he's yeah. got cheeks like Bundy. That <laughs> <laughs> was fucked up. I don't know if he's hating on Bundy more or the baby more. but He's yeah. going in on Miss Elizabeth, too. That was oh, funny. God. Yeah. Was... Uh, well, I mean, look, let's get it started here. With the first match, we had Hercules versus King Haku. And I love the King gimmick because they always come, they started coming down on the, the, the raised uh, throne carried by six or eight people. And I love looking at the faces of the guys having to carry this huge dude on a big ass wooden throne. They look like that boyfriend who's trying to impress his girl by carrying her suitcase or like moving that fridge or something. No, I got it. I got it. I'm good. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Stone faced, but they're trying not to show that they're just struggling with every single step. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We just got ourselves a new King of the Ring this year, Baron Corbin. Very true. Baron King, King Corbin. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't even get his own. Uh pay-per-view to get that that's kind of rough you know i because i do like how they used to use it like it was almost as prestigious as the the ic title i would say you know mm-hmm. now it's just like a like a gimmick like well a lesser gimmick i mean yeah the last few times it's almost been a touch of death for wade barrett mm. and previous people who have forgotten <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a reason why they stopped the pay-per-view, I guess. Uh, this match, I mean, it's a Hercules match, so it wasn't that interesting. Like, it, it was probably the best Hercules match I've seen thus far. Though. I was going to say the same thing. He looked a lot better. Like, he was moving around, uh, doing a whole lot more. And I thought, oh, okay, so, you know, Hercules isn't as maybe as bad as I thought. But no, he's yeah, he was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. He, The bear hug was a bit much. Yeah, the bear hug was a a moment that made me laugh so hard because, so, so Haku's got him in the bear hug, and then he's slowly getting out of it, and you know if if you're wrestling and someone's getting out of your move, sometimes it, it's better to release and then reapply rather than try to do a feat of strength, and so we get a couple beats of them, basically almost in a hug hug, and then Haku just kicks him in the balls. And it just made me laugh like Yeah. It's a very logical, immediate it's, response. It's a it's a simple fix. <laughs> yeah, it was a great match, good win for Hercules. He's the baby face now, uh, after breaking fate away from Bobby Heenan. Uh, I think he would go and soon be a part of Slick's entourage though. And I thought they were a good pairing. I really did. But we'll get to that in future WrestleMania's if you guys stick around. Up next, we got the Twin Towers. Speaking of Slick, his tag team, the Twin Towers, Big Boss Man and Akeem, the African Dream, take on the Rockers, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. Loved this match, personally. Yeah, debut uh, WrestleMania match for Mr. WrestleMania. Oh, it was, yeah. Nice call there. Yeah, I didn't think, yeah. think about it. Yeah. It, it was slick. I liked a lot of their, their dual moves they do together, like the, the, the jumping shoulder off the second rope, and then they, they were – Drop kicking, drop kicking, yeah, man. dual drop kicks, single drop kicks, um, yeah, arm bar tag, arm bar tag, arm, yeah, it is, yeah, they they kept they created a great pace for this match. 
Yeah, and it was well balanced too because they were getting as good as they were given. Um, I always appreciated how the bigger guys like like Akeem and and Big Boss Man can still move. Like that's a four hundred plus yeah. dude jumping off the top rope. It looked a little sloppy, but yeah, it looked sloppy as hell. Like, <laughs> you know, Boss Man, like uh, what move did he do on Sean? I forgot. Yeah, off the was. top rope, he did just like a, like a body press or like oh, a body. Like, I think he moved out the way though. But yeah. like, but yeah, he, yeah, it looked like his belly broke his fall. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Boss Man going from the top rope was not a regular thing, but man, he can move around the ring though. I loved it. I always loved it when he would put the guy in the middle rope, hit the other side, and either hit him with the leg and choke him, or yeah. later on he would like do it where he jumped and slid out of the ring like over the guy. Yeah, like, he would slide in and out pretty good. Like um, he was quick. Like Baron Corbin does some of those moves where he slides out and hits somebody or slides back in. It always reminds me of the Boss Man. Because he was the first guy I ever saw who would slide out, punch you in the face, and then slide back in real quick. Uh, and then like when he and him, him and Akeem did that move with the bear hug. That was cool. That was really cool. Where they they tossed him up and then and then uh, sandwiched him. I guess. Yeah. Did you yeah. call it? Yeah. This the running sandwich. That that was great. It looked devastating. You heard the whole crowd. Just, oh, it looked it looked incredible. And there was also another move where he slingshot one of the guys into the corner, and then Boss Man r- ran into him. And sat there so Akeem could run into the boss man and do a double. Yeah, the devil avalanche. The double, yeah, the double avalanche looks sweet. And then we had the huge power bomb where he catches Shawn Michaels jumping off the top rope, catches him on his shoulders, and then just spins and power bombs him like almost through the mat. Yeah. Tags in Akeem where we get Air Africa, the splash for the finish. Now, I I just got to say that I appreciate the fact that the man who played One Man Gang. And Akeem, the African Dream, kept his love of planes tied to his finishing moves. So we went from the 747 to Air Africa. I liked it. I, I just appreciate the fact that he likes Fair airplanes enough. for whatever reason, yeah. and I, I respect that. <laughs> well, your character should be a little bit a part of you. like a. But uh, I don't know how this applies to Akeem because this is a... This is a in, I don't know how to put it, but this is a interesting character, I would say, because... His portrayal of Akeem, at times, it kind of made me cringe. Just, I don't know, just the, his mannerisms were kind of, I don't know. I want to make you cringe, I'll show you the video how he became Akeem. You never seen that? No, no, I've not. Oh, oh, well, bonus episode. What, was, what are you getting at? Was it kind of, uh... Yeah, so, like, you know, like... Kind of coolish? Wh- no, <laughs> I would never say that. Uh, <laughs> no, so... When rap became more, more, more popular in in the culture, you, like you would see like McDonald's commercials where it there was rap ish type music. Like it's that hey hey I'm here to say I love rap and McDonald's in a major way and you know and then if, <laughs> that's pretty good. Right. Well, as always, I'm here to say major way in in that cadence of uh, uh, Curtis Blow. Yeah, Curtis Blow, like a like a Curtis, like a white dude during Curtis Blow. And, but then they would always do like the the cross the arms almost like Run DMC and stuff like that and do that kind of movement. Yeah, that B boy saying. Yeah, but like in a very like not if they not it didn't feel like they got what they were doing. They kind of kind of knew what they were doing. You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't feel authentic, and it felt it feels weird to me when you're like this is not you know. And I don't blame the actors. Someone wrote it for them. I don't blame Akeem because he didn't get to choose his character. It's just the portrayal of it is, I don't know. 
bad bad you know, like it, <laughs> and you know i it's not really for me to say but like it does make me feel like you know in air africa yeah, yeah. the fuck man <laughs> <laughs> i just oh. thought about the planes man i don't know planes. <laughs> yeah no 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 <laughs> i get what you're saying but like yeah <laughs> um yeah. but yeah they um rockers lost that match yeah they, um, was there a title on the line for that or no? Nah? No, uh, but I think the later I think there was a number one contendership match possibly because the Twin Towers I think would go on to fight Demolition later on that year. Uh, okay. Pretty much following this up, they look and they look incredible and they work very well together. So I can see that happening. I like their T-shirt too on, on Pro Wrestling Tees. It's just like a yellow T-shirt with those t- with Bossman and Akeem standing there and it says "Never Forget." That's fucked up. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's that's too cringes, Akeem. I'm not, <laughs> all right, and uh, yeah, and Boss Man is—he's passed away, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Ray Trotter, baby. Up next, what we got? We get Beefcake and Ted DiBiase with Virgil, the Million Dollar Man, the debut of the Million Dollar Title at WrestleMania, which was awesome. Beautiful belt. Wish I, I had one. Fucking love that belt. I do. I, I would. I would also get that belt. And I loved how he never really he maybe once or twice he would put it on the line. You know, he just always was the self-proclaimed and and what's it? Fink would always the self-proclaimed million dollar champion. But what a great premise, you know? Like this is how 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 vain I am. Like I'm not talented enough to win the belt that everybody else is fighting for. I'll just make my own because that's how I run. <laughs> I love that. I like what a great character choice. It's really cool. Yeah, that was like the the shitty kid with all the money would always. Yeah. I'm just, oh, you got the blue Power Ranger. I got the golden Power Ranger that's limited edition mm. with the Megazord that talks to you. Oh, you guys went out behind the woods and built a, a fort. Oh, well, I I had my dad buy me a clubhouse, and you can't go in it. <laughs> and I got my own fridge. It's got nothing but but the, the good kind of popsicles with the. <laughs> I'm going back into my childhood again. I'm about to say, Bob, that sounds real, real. Did this <laughs> and, happen to you? And everybody you... but Bobby Witt can come in because he's a dick. <laughs> yeah, one of them no Bob's allowed clubs. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, Bob. So We don't want that kid in the Highway to Heaven t-shirt coming in our club. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> no Michael Landon fans around here, sir. <laughs> I don't know. I never asked you this, but what the fuck is Highway to Heaven? Bonus episode, buddy. Oh God! Oh God! We're gonna have a bonus episode of a wrestling podcast about Highway to Heaven. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> what the fuck? It's more full service. It's, it's you, more baby. of a therapeutic thing for yeah. Bob, just to kind of get in touch with his sad, sad inner child. And just maybe, maybe let some of that shit. It's go. the bonus, bonus episode that will never air. Uh, uh, Beefcake and Ted DiBiase were great. Like Virtus was over, you know. I like, yeah. like I liked him as a kid. Uh, he had a he had the great look and the the big shears and all that stuff. I like when the Million Dollar Man came out. He came and sh- shook Trump's hand, and there was this that moment. Was I was like, that should be a meme. That should be a meme right there, or a t shirt. Because he he was really into it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, because because they're both rich, they're buddies. Yeah. It was just, it was wonderful. Uh, just an, and it was such a little thing, but it was like, it gave Jesse and Gorilla like so much to talk about. It was, it was awesome. Uh, the Matt and Virgil, Virgil did his part on the outside. He got yeah. beat up, run around. Uh, it, was, it was a fun match. I got nothing to say. I got nothing bad to There's say. There's this about great it. line from Jesse the Body, though, where he's like, 
do you think uh do you think Trump will allow the barber to do his hair? <laughs> and with all the hair talk that's been recently come up when it comes to Donald Trump, I just thought that was funny. Like maybe he did later on in life. Maybe yeah. that's what Brutus is doing now. Ooh. Cutting Trump's hair. Yeah, this was, a, this was a really great dr- match. It was a draw. They both got the double, um, or sorry, the disqualification. Um, I, I thought the fight after the match was a little more interesting than the match itself because they like it, they really hyped up the action. Brutus chasing Virgil around the ring and then getting getting his hands on, uh, on um, the Million Dollar Man it was really cool. Uh, then he has them both down and... Brutus, I don't remember him doing this before, but he, he's got a hand signal now for the sleeper, and it's uh, putting his hands together as if he's praying, and then putting it to his cheek like a kid saying, I'm sleepy, and then shaking his head, his hips like Rick Rude. So um, I'm sleepy with the... I remember the hand gesture, but I don't remember the hip shaking. Oh, yeah. Like it's, yeah it's almost like a Rick Rude, like, ladies. What happens when you're going to go to sleep? It's, <laughs> it's a little creepy. Creepy nap time. <laughs> I got, that's just so weird. Uh, uh, speaking of weird, how about the WrestleMania brunch with the Bushwhackers and Lord <laughs> Alfred Hayes? I love. I loved whenever they would do Lord Alfred with the Bushwhackers because it was just a great clash of yeah, and a just position type deal. And yeah, so Alfred Hayes is interviewing the Bushwhackers as the Bushwhackers are trying to eat what looks like four sandwiches at the same time or pancakes and pancakes. Yeah. That's where the new day got it. I think they went back through the old videos and like, Hey, they're eating pancakes, having a good time. Let's have pancakes. That's a weird pull. I love it though. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, he's trying to interview them during the WrestleMania brunch was, it was like an event before access and everything else. They, I think for a few years they did this, the WrestleMania brunch where you could have brunch with the wrestlers. Okay. Uh, the people just standing in the background watching all this is hilarious. I just love this. It's like four people just standing there, just staring straight ahead like zombies yeah. as the bushwhackers just chew and yell and spit food everywhere and then come out and lick kids. How long has brunch been a thing? Brunch? As a word or as something that people do? Both. Since the 80s. Yeah, that's an 80s thing. Really? Yeah. I don't know that for I don't have I base that on absolutely nothing. No, no, like I I, I thought I was like a two thousand thing because I ain't really heard of brunch till like I was like fifty. Uh, I think 15. it took a it, it wasn't as popular in the nineties. I think because people were just waking up at noon and just yeah, or or it can be considered things that people did after like you know like if, if you were the kind of person who went to church, so you get out of church around one o'clock and you're having breakfast or lunch. I don't know. I. <laughs> I, I personally like Brenner the most. Yeah. Dinner. You get Brenner, man. That's high class. We can talk more about this on another bonus episode. Our, our Breakfast right. for Dinner podcast <laughs> that we're, we're launching. A brunch. A brunch. A, a, brunch and Brenner. A, a brunch episode. We're going to talk about how we're having brunch and Brenner on this bonus episode. <laughs> there it is. There it it's is. It's going to be the highest yeah. downloaded. Of course. My dad would actually love that one fucking podcast. We'll have one listener. <laughs> Oh, wow. I'll make them proud. <laughs> <laughs> the Bushwhackers come out and take on the Rougier brothers with Jimmy Hart. Uh, standard tag team match, kind of. Uh, it was the wrestlers versus these brawlers, these crazy brawlers, the Bushwhackers. Bushwhackers' WrestleMania debut as well. 
I loved it. I loved the Bushwhackers as a tag team when I was a kid. Like the crazy march and walk with the arms was a big deal. Oh, everybody did that in a playground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then everybody. the batter, battering ram is like the, the finishing move. Yeah. I loved the battering ram. It was great. No, it was a great match. I enjoyed it. So the Bushwhackers get a win, which is rare. You know, I always remember them the rivalry with the Rougeau brothers. Like always because they were kind of always like the bottom level of the tag teams. Well, again, it's a good adjust position. Like you have these very proper preen guys, you know, facing off to these more blue collar, you know, backwoods type dudes. So it's you know, the, the backwoods of New Zealand. Weren't the Bushwhackers on the episode of Family Matters or some shit? I can believe that. That have been around around the right time. I think they were. Oh, I would love to see that. It was an episode when um, uh, they were wrestling Steve and Carl. I don't know why. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, if we can find that, that, we will put that on the Facebook page because that sounds incredible. They, they, I think they were on episode Family Matters. I think they were. I don't know. Bushwhackers and Family Matters. I'm yeah. Put that in the list. <laughs> uh, so the Bushwhackers take the win, and then we yep. go on to uh, another couple of Oh, before you get to that, though, oh, yeah. after the win, they, they celebrate, and this poor Shaw Mooney guy is trying to trying to interview just some people along the aisleway, like, oh, you enjoyed the Bushwhackers, blah, blah, and then the Bushwhackers come up, and they lick him like like rabbit dogs. It was, it was, it was rough to watch, and, but this dude, <laughs> this dude had the best line ever, where he goes... Mere words cannot explain what it's like to be licked by a bushwhacker. <laughs> and my man said it with a straight face. Like, God bless him. God bless you, Sean Moody, wherever you may be. <laughs> he's got a podcast right now. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Uh, he's doing well. Uh, uh, Sean Mooney was great. He always used to do the Coliseum video stuff, which was awesome. Uh, but yeah, just a young Sean Mooney getting licked. Uh, he was always get putting in the crowd at these WrestleManias, and it was always a rough spot to be. He's in. got another spot coming up that is probably my favorite moment of, you know, not my favorite moment, but one of my favorite like bits of WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> my, ex, I'm still jealous that my friend got licked by a bushwhacker when I was a kid. I can't believe I can't believe that that that, that at the time I was like, God, I can't believe you got licked by a bushwhacker. That's amazing. And now I'm like, Oh my God, you got licked by a man. Like when you were a boy, a grown man, a grown man licked you, and it was okay. Your dad in front was of right, your in front of your parents. Your dad was right there, and he was okay with it. He bought a ticket for this to happen. <laughs> yeah, like you ran and fought other kids to get licked by yeah. these people. Your dad drove down to buy tickets to get this from. Yeah, my have my things have changed. <laughs> um, up oh next, we've got Mr. Perfect versus the Blue Blazer. Who was? As everybody knows now, Owen Hart making both their WrestleMania debuts. Owen was still very new with the company. Uh, but the Blue Blazer character, while not a great character, could do some amazing things in the ring. This was an amazing match just to watch. This is a must-see match. Uh, yeah, it's not a very take. long one, but it's a great one. Yeah. Um, if you, yeah, if you just want to watch like one of the one of the matches, this is one to check out when you got a few minutes because it's great. The crowd, the, the crowd reactions to some of the moves that, that Owen does with Perfect is is awesome. Like the flips and nip ups and bouncing off the ropes and like reversing and like he does does the flip off the top rope into the ring, which is great. Yeah, it was dope. Uh, you know, this is back when the moon salt was still rarely seen, and when it was done, people went crazy for it. Yeah, because people didn't do stuff like that back in the day. It was more, 
feats of strength and who can out bear hug each other. So watching a, a dude that size, you know, put his body on the line, it was incredible. With agility and shit, yeah. yeah. That's not, you know, it was very rare in the 80s. That's why it's hard to watch, watch most of these matches. <laughs> right. uh, so after the match, we get the, what is now a, a WrestleMania tradition. They announced that Jesse the Body Ventura is there. So he can get up and pose. Uh, pose. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I like Rick's rules. So, Rick rules so much. Uh, yeah, but at least when Rick Rude posed, there's something to pose. <laughs> I don't know. Well, how about the, our next vignette with Mr. Fuji? I love this one. Mr. This Fuji one running so the marathon. It's great. Uh, because Mr. Fuji had to prove that he is in the greatest shape. So in his entire suit and dress shoes, holding the cane, no less, he runs a 5K. And his hat. Oh, and the hat, yeah. The full, the full gimmick. And the face paint. Yeah. And he takes, before the race starts, he, he just starts running. He has a brand, and he's going to respect it. <laughs> I just love, like, the, the little fade-out clip of, like, where you see him running in this suit, and then there's a sea of people just, like, engulfs him, you know? Yeah. But you see, like, the little cane kind of floating up in the air so they can follow him. And then he finishes, or they show up, then they cut to, like, the finish line where he comes across maybe a little sweaty, but the face paint is still intact, hat is still on, cane still in hand. He is, you know, barely breathing hard. It was just showing what great condition this man was in. You know, it's not easy running a hard, uh, 5K in dress shoes. So we cut back to the ring, and we have Har- Howard Finkel saying, From the streets of Hollis, Queens... With the WrestleMania rap, we have Run DMC. That's my best finkel. Let's see uh, how close it was. Ladies and gentlemen, not close at all. It's Run DMC. Good. Yeah. Yeah, they fresh as hell. 80s like like the freshest like era for hip hop to me. Late 80s, early 90s. I can't barely hear him. Like barely hear what they're saying. Yeah, they didn't mic this for the the record. I imagine it's got to be hard to set up for like an event like this and then also have something set up for the sound as well. It seems like the crowd not really reacting to it either. Well, I think maybe part of it too is that they're focusing on the sound that's coming out of the speakers rather than what's happening in the arena as well. Because I don't think they ever did anything like this. So I don't think they know how to mic this right. Mm-hmm. But there's no feedback and stuff like that. So if you think about it, though, this is really kind of like the very first time in the predecessor for all the entertainment. Yeah. Singers and concerts they kind of do in the middle of WrestleMania. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for you got a good ovation. DMC. 
go. That was the WrestleMania rap. So when we watched, I don't remember them clapping, like and cheering. Like I don't know, man. But they did they uh, I do remember like um, when they were performing, they did cut to like a black girl in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> And she was dancing to him. I was like, oh, this, this is the time you cut to a black person <laughs> in the audience when uh, Rum DMC is playing. Because that's that's what we listen to. And it's just funny to me that, because this is, what year is this? 89? 1989? And like, Rum DMC is kind of like considered, like, as far as the streets, as far as the streets is concerned, they've fallen off. Because like, um, you know, uh. Like hip, like hip hop was getting more conscious and political at the time. So, the fact that he chose—I mean, I know what I chose running MC, but like, like, you no know, real fa- hip hop fans weren't really listening to them <laughs> no more at, at that point. They're listening to Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, Karis One, and uh, N.W.A. Pretty much, they're yeah. yeah, they're listening to those guys by that time. I don't know. Sorry, I nerded. I had a hip hop no, nerd. No, I like that, but it was like you know. It, it, I just thought it was, it's just interesting, like the you know uh, mainstream never they they never really keep up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But yeah, um, if, and plus for oh oh go ahead for lack of a better term, Vince probably found these guys a little bit safer because they weren't political. You know. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. You know. But of course, but uh. Well, yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, get yeah. the guys who do tricky, not the guys who do um, fuck, the, fuck the police. Yeah, fuck the police or fight the power. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but, but I guarantee you, like a lot, a lot, most of those fans there were listening to that shit. Oh yeah, yeah. They definitely were listening to that shit. But I don't know. Um, oh yeah, RP Jam Master J. You know, yeah, oh, the yeah. other person. As way he looked, he looked so good during that performance. Yeah, he looked fresh, man. Mm-hmm. Cut was fresh, everything, man. That was a fresh air for uh eighty. 80s was fresh air. Now eighties was a fresh air with gear. It just looked dirty. Anyway, <laughs> 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 anyway, um, but yeah. yeah, it was a good, a, a, a nice change of pace, really, because yeah. the I think maybe like you said, they learned from their previous year where it was really slow, and they kind of changed it up a little bit. Had this concert wasn't yeah. too long. It was good, and then it, they went on to the tag team match. Well, we were, we're five matches in. The last match we saw was Mr. Perfect versus um, the Blue Blazer, which was a fantastic match. Again, a short one. We go into the music. We had the 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 comedy vignette. I put comedy in quotes because that was kind of cheesy, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, then we go into this video package of why the next thing is happening. So we get the 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 Mr. Fuji. Turning on demolition in the middle of uh, Survivor Series. Yeah, Survivor Series during a three-person tag or three-team tag, and, and that was just a weird turn. I remember that watching that where he just he got beat up by demolition. He well, he started beating on demolition, and they beat him up, and then the powers of pain just kind of walked over, dusted him off, and he went over and stood in their corner, and that was it. Yeah, there was they really didn't give the motivation there, especially when the demolition were the tag team champions. Like, why would you drop? And the powers of pain were good guys. Yeah. So yeah, it was a little confusing. But oh. now they've switched roles. Demolition comes out mm-hmm. to their awesome entrance music. And they are the heroes now. And the crowd goes nuts for them. I, I would say they're probably top three ba- like good guys in the WWF at this time as far as popularity. It happened those belts must have doubled their body glitter. 
uh, money because they, they're shiny as hell. <laughs> they did sparkle. They did sparkle. They came out wearing the mask, looking all cool, and ter- like, doing the big reveal with the face paint, and then come down the, and then the powers of pain come, and they look like monsters. Uh, I love the premise of this match. It's it's a handicap match. It's demolition versus the powers of pain with Mister Fuji as a wrestler, mm-hmm. and Fuji looked great. Like that, I was surprised how how cut he not cut, but like physically fit he looked. You know, I should have learned from the five k he ran that he was in great shape. But he he looked fantastic. Yeah, the devious one. He he did. He couldn't move nearly as well as he used to, but he still. I liked the premise of it because they wanted they wanted them in the match so they could they could beat him up some, and because he was less dangerous in the ring supposedly than outside of it, so he couldn't interfere if he was in the match, right? Uh, did he? He had the salt and the the, the, the yeah. traditional salt. It was I loved it. I loved the, he I didn't loved the sumo salt. Wrestle much, but there was a spot where both both members of demolition were kind of weakened, so they the. The powers of pain tagged in Fuji, and I think on Axe, he did like a couple like body chops, had him down, and then did his falling headbutt that looked fantastic. But it, lo- it looked silly just him doing it because he made this face when he was falling. Uh, then a little headbutt to the crotch, you know. They they did a quick tag out, tag out, and then you know. Yeah, see, it made sense logical though because man, when managers would wrestle, they would always they would only jump in when there was somebody who was down because right. they're managers, not wrestlers. And nowadays, like the managers, when they do get in the ring, they take off their shirt and they're jacked up more than the wrestler is half the time and got tattoos all over the chest and then they're doing backflips off the top rope. Doesn't make any sense. Why are you a manager, not a wrestler, if you can do all that shit? Oh, like Sami Zayn now working with uh, uh, Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Nakamura. I always got, I always say Nakamura. I don't know. Anyway, Nakamura. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I really like the match. Uh, Demolition hits their uh, decapitator finishing move on Mr. Fuji. They took good care of him, though. They hit him. They went pretty easy on him. Yeah. Uh, and they get the win. Then you know, they get their revenge on Mr. Fuji, and then they're off to get into it with the tower, Twin Towers now, I believe. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to a quick promo with Tony Schiavone trying to get into the Macho Man's locker room. And Macho Yo, Man. Tony Schiavone. Yeah, he looked he looked like a little kid in this. Uh, he still has that still got great voice, man. I, I like Tony Giovanni's voice. Still creeps me out, but I like him. I like his voice. Um, not, trying to get into the Macho Man's locker room, Macho Man ain't having it. I said no interviews. <laughs> I'm gonna get you, Hogan. I I don't do impersonations. He ex- so I, he I said no interviews. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That's good. No. That was good. Man, he could do Hawk and Macho Man. Damn. Oh, fuck, man. What did- a rush. <laughs> we should uh should play that interview with him in, on um Arsenio Hall. That was fucking great, man. That was a great interview. That was a, that, that was great. And we gotta put that link up on the yeah. We should we'll put, post that on the page. Yeah, but um yeah. It, anyway, yeah, I love how they they show Macho Man. He's just like distraught and being crazy like his character would you know became and he just threw, i think you see him like run past the camera like where did he go he just ran yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just ran away <laughs> get out of here yes yeah. hey, hey, transitions us into my least favorite match of the night yeah um dino bravo ronnie garvin uh rugged ronnie garvin yeah it's rugged ronnie garvin 
I'm sorry. The world's strongest man, Dino Bravo. The, whole th- the world's strongest <laughs> man, Dino Bravo, with Frenchie Martin and rugged Ronnie Garvin. Yeah, this is this was rough. Um, just because, I don't know, I just didn't care. We've seen Dino every WrestleMania thus far, and I, I don't get the hype. I guess he was a big draw in Canada, but I still don't. Uh, and you know what? To be fair... They don't do any pre-interviews. They didn't do any video packages. So for me, just watching a WrestleMania, there's nothing for, for yeah, me to get hooked in. It was kind of cold. It was just kind of a cold palate cleanser almost. Because he had so much story with the previous match. And then it's just this. Right. And Frenchie Martin gets beat up by Ronnie Garvin after Ronnie Garvin loses. So there you go. Moving on to the Brain Busters and Strike Force. Now this match was dope. I like this match. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, one of the greatest tag teams, hands down. I never really, I guess because they were with the brain, they were the brain busters, but just never really liked that name for them because they didn't really use a brain buster. I mean, they did, but I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me as a kid. Um, And then Strike Force comes out to their Girls in Cars theme music, (laughs) which is just. I'm like a reason to break up. The best reason to break up. <laughs> and they do. <laughs> yeah, this was a great match. Everybody had their own spot. Everybody had a high spot. Um, Rick Martel turning heel and giving up in the middle of a match, turning his back on on his tag team partner was fantastic. And I, I love to remember of it. Even without the buildup of watching like previous Saturday Night Man events and stuff like that and watching the story build, this was still great to- storytelling. Yeah, uh, with uh, yeah, the miscommunication, and then Tito's getting beat up, and he crawls to the ring, the, the corner. Martel just looks at him and walks away. And, man, the crowd goes nuts. They boo him. and He got so much heat in that moment. That's amazing. And he rode that out for years. So good on him. And then Arn and Tully just do what they do and beat up on Tito for as long as they feel like it, and then spike power driver him, and that's it. Brainbusters win, and the mo- and the Rick the model Martel will soon be born. Now, following this great example of professional wrestling, was a bit of a shit show. Yeah, uh, for lack of a better way to describe it, I'd- Piper's Pit live during WrestleMania with Brother Love impersonating Roddy Piper. Okay, yeah. That's fine, but yeah. Morton yeah. Downey Jr., is that what it was? Yeah, Morton Downey Jr. So so to open up, uh, first they do a, they play Piper's music, but Brother Love comes out wearing a kilt, and then he does a fake interview between himself and himself playing Roddy Piper, and his impersonation of Roddy Piper was entertaining. It was the, great. The content of the the sketch was bullshit. So next they bring out Morton Downey Jr. and he comes down. And do you guys know who? Do you guys even know who Morton Downey Jr. is? No, nah, hell no. I don't he, know the fuck that is. It, yeah, I never knew who he was as a kid. And I remember this this as a kid being much more entertaining than it was. But so at the time, at this time, Morton any Downey, relation to Robert? No, no, not uh, <laughs> not at all. So he used to have a a talk show. That was very popular. He was like a Jerry Springer type deal, 
but he would get in people's faces. So usually on the Jerry Springer show, he you would have two fake people come out and they would attack each other and fight. He would get in people's faces and like he would get like a Klansman on and, and, and talk shit to him or he would get like a, an overweight woman on and talk to her and call like he would call pe- like Congress women like fat whores to their face. And like this, he was just like a disgusting human being. Like so he founded trash TV. Is that what you're basically, saying? yeah. And he was like the trashiest of the trash. And he was known because during this during his show, he would smoke cigarettes like chain smoke. And he would have people come on from the smoking industry and tell people how, like, smoking doesn't give you cancer and stuff like that. Uh, he ended up getting cancer himself and dying. But before that, so so he's popular during 89, maybe 90. His show gets canceled because, you know, at first there's some appeal because there was nothing like that on television. You know, like that trash TV. And then people figured out the formula and did better versions of it, like the Jerry Springer show. And Donahue got a little more riskier and stuff like that. Um, so he he feels like his empire crumbling, if you will. He goes to an airport, beats himself up, gets a magic marker, a uh, permanent marker, puts a swastika on his on his forehead, and then runs out and screams, "Ah, ah these skinheads beat me up because I'm Morton Downey Jr." Like he's trying to get he's trying to get publicity. Didn't that happen recently with that dude? Uh, you're thinking about the guy from Empire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's something like that. Uh, so he's in the airport, and and they they interview him, and they're like, "Oh, so someone drew this on you?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, they beat me up, and they drew this on me." And they're like, "Well, why is it backwards?" Because he drew it in the mirror. Because he oh. drew it in the fucking mirror. So he gets caught. Like he's shamed. He's no longer allowed to like he, whatever little things he was doing to make money, like Revenge of the Wor- Nerds Five. That's all off the table. So. Revenge of the Nerds Five. Yeah, yeah, that was gonna make him bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll be honest, like your actually explanation of this dude and what he did in his life was more entertaining than this entire interview. Damn. So wait, did all this happen before this interview? No, no. no he was this is popular. him during during the height of his popularity. So Morton Downey Jr. Yeah. He, yeah, he was uh, he was rough, man. No relation to Robert. No, no, he no relation to the Iron Man. So Piper comes down and beats up Brother Love, rips off his kilt, so he's wearing his red undies. Yeah, um, and of course he runs out embarrassed, and you'd think it would be over, but it is not. Um, yeah. Piper then engages with Mister Morton Downey Jr., uh, who is smoking. By now, he's got like half a pack down. Uh, this guy's just like literally just, I, I've never seen a person smoke so aggressively. Like he, it's like he hated those cigarettes and he just well, he wanted through half of them at, at Piper while he was talking to Brother Love. So, yeah. Yeah, he was just doing weird stuff the whole time. Uh, Piper <laughs> would say something and he would just say something completely random back yeah. at him. Uh, you couldn't tell if he was a good guy or a bad guy. And, God bless Piper for selling Morton Downey's words as if they were real insults. There's this part where he's like, so Mr. Morton Downey Jr., why did they, I know your dad's not named Morton Downey Jr. Why would you take up that name? Because apparently Morton Downey Jr.'s father was like a famous singer. Oh. Or not famous, but like a well-known singer around New York. And he had a different last name. I think maybe 
you know, he had a Morton Downey Jr. had to change it for whatever legal or, you know, you know, when you try to get your card for acting, like you have to change it sometime because someone else in the union has that name. I think it's one of those kind of situations. So he asked him, well, why'd you change your name? And he's like, because your mother was told by the man who fathered me to call me that. Yeah. Uh, I remember that, that made no fucking sense. I remember him saying that and me trying to do the math in my head. What now? So your brothers? You're, yeah. Half brothers? I don't. I don't. And then, yeah. it, but, but, you know, Rodney like acted like, oh man, you said my mother. Ooh. He, he gave the warts on his face to a homeless warthog, which was all right. And then, well, the long and short of it is just when Piper finally gets tired of Mr. Uh, Smokeaholic blowing smoke in his face. He pulls out a fire extinguisher from underneath one of the stools that just happened to be there mm-hmm. and uh, shoots him in the face with the fire extinguisher and then shoots him in the asshole with the fire extinguisher while he's laying down selling. Yeah. I guess when he shot him in the asshole, that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> but the enjoyment I got of that three seconds did not make up for the seven minutes that bit took. It took from our lives. Yeah, and that's that, hard that to make been like two matches. Shit. Yeah, like just brother, just not have the Morton Downey Jr. out there at all, and it'd have been entertaining. Well, I guess they they didn't want to spend big money on celebrities. <laughs> they want to spend that euchre money, so they got this guy. But write out his shtick, you know. This guy, this guy should not have been improvising. No, it was Jesus. Uh, let's just try to forget it ever happened. Uh, we still love Roddy Piper and Brother Love. And on to Jake the Snake Roberts and Andre the Giant. Uh, they've been having kind of a bit of a rivalry leading up to this, with Andre being afraid of snakes is kind of like the premise. Uh, I thought this was a good match. Andre came out with Bobby again, so he's back with Bobby. He was leaning on him pretty heavy, but I thought Andre, once he got in the ring, moved around pretty well. Yeah, yeah. He, he was moving great. It was a really cool story. Uh the the turnbuckle getting taken off in the first couple seconds of the match, then Andre shoving Jake's face into it, blinding him and and just pummeling him for the first couple minutes was amazing. Big John Stud was the guest referee, uh, which I thought was interesting. You know, they're trying to get John over as a as a good guy still, um, and he had had his history with Andre from like WrestleMania's uh, Slam match in WrestleMania uh, one, I believe. Yeah. Um, so there was that, that was the good story there. So Andre and of course, Andre and John Studd get into it. Meanwhile, the million dollar man has snuck down to the ring with Virgil to try and steal the snake, which I thought was really cool. They were, it was a really cool spot. You know, they, they get halfway up the ramp before Jake comes and gets the snake back. And during that time, Andre's paying attention and, the referee kind of like, or Big John son gets in this, like Big John was getting into his face a lot. I thought this was going to happen because it, you can see the irritation of Andre and the antagonist ways between him and Big John. So Andre finally hits him, gets dis- disqualified. But from the commentary, you would believe that he got disqualified because they came down and stole the snake, which was weird. A little bit. Yeah, they kind of like the story was lost a little bit there, but it was still an entertaining match. It was a great match, you know. And now you got Jake the Snake going on to his like what I remember as a kid, like being a huge rivalry with him and the Million Dollar Man, and like the Million Dollar Belt getting put in the bag with the snake and everything. It was awesome. 
Uh, but before that, we uh, we have a, a Donald Trump interview, which was interesting. Like we came down to the ring, and the, the guy uh, Moody <laughs> forgot what poor uh, Sean Moody. Poor Sean Moody. Like he had to interview Trump, messed up his middle name. Interesting. That's that's all I want to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> then we get the then we get the the trailer for No Holds Barred. Oh, we did. I forgot about that. Yeah. The sneak preview. Hey, are you looking for a little escape? <laughs> that was like the best part of the movie. Ray Mysterio out of that car. The limo. You don't see everything. Dan Hansen. Are you ready for a whole new Hulk Hogan? <laughs> Hulk Hogan is ripped. Hulk Hogan is ripped. To the world, he's a hero. But to this man, he's history. <laughs> Just punching cinder blocks. Well, yeah, Zeus is punching cinder blocks. It sounds like a cannon's firing every time they explode. Way back. Get ready for the battle no ropes can hold. <laughs> no ropes. showing us the whole movie. No referee. Jeez. No rules. Gentlemen, it's time. No <laughs> Is awesome. You can bet that all I can see is it's gonna be a blockbuster. It's gonna be all I can really see is when Tiny Lister's staring down Hogan as he's staring down Craig. Let's see, as a kid, when I first saw Friday, I was like, holy shit, that's Zeus. Yeah, he was always Zeus first to me. He's always Zeus first to me because like I saw no it's Bart. Yeah, he was Zeus. Ghost? Now he's Debo. Now he's Debo. He's yeah. Debo yeah. now. <laughs> Give him that old ghost dog look. <laughs> oh god. Oh my god. Yeah, man. He uh. This thing I the match. That was that was. I ain't seen no holes bar yet. That that trailer bonus episode. That trailer. That trailer. That. that trailer makes me want to see it and like. Because I already know it was the classic for all the wrong reasons already. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean it's great. I loved it though when I was a kid. I mm-hmm. I've watched that thing a hundred times. That my my buddy, his dad used to rent videos from the video store, and we, he had two VCRs, so he would record stuff from the video store. So he you know, he, we he would do that thing that you're not supposed to do. Yeah, that yeah. they say like at the very beginning of every. Uh, he would video. even record that part, and I thought that was kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, it's a great movie. We'll, we'll definitely watch it and do a bonus episode. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Uh, so, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. What are you saying? I, know, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> no, good. Uh, my bad. Uh, so, so into that we go into another classic Hogan in, uh, promo. Oh, yeah. Which uh, is a two-parter. The, and if he would have just done the first part, it would have been tight. This is that, re- that uh, repeat offense I was talking about earlier. <laughs> Hogan, the only thing I can say, what a difference a year makes. A year ago at this time at WrestleMania 4, you were at the side of the Macho Man when he became the undisputed World Wrestling Federation champ. 
One year later, here in Atlantic City, you're going to be challenging this very same man for the world crown. Well, you know, you're exactly right, Mean Gene. One year ago, brother, me and the Macho Man were as one. We were best of friends. We would do anything to win together, brother. And if you would have told me one year later, right in the very same place that it started, in the Trump Plaza, that we'd be locking horns, going head on head for the WWF Championship, I'd have called you a liar, Mean Gene. But you know something? I should have seen this thing coming, man. As the Mega Power team was formed, brother, as the Summer Slams, as the Survivor Series went down, as the Mega Power started growing together, the mania was a little bit ahead of the madness, man. But it really didn't matter. You were either in or you were either out, brother. You either believed or you didn't, man. And you were either ready or you weren't. The Macho Man made me feel that he believed in the three demandments of the prayers the of training. Three demandments. The he made me believe that he was in my corner, me and Gene. And he also made me believe that he was ready to fight all odds. That's why I stuck with him, brother. That's why we stayed together so long. You know, as that relationship of the mega powers deteriorated <laughs> even further, snarling. Macho Man Randy Savage went so far as to attack your Hulkamaniac. Oh, yeah, he did more than just attack the Hulkamaniacs, brother. He went so far. Is to put our manager, the lovely our manager. between us, man. Yeah. It was him that was eating Well, she's in a neutral corner for it this match. Because she represents both men. It was a simple fact that the macho man couldn't be the man that all my Hulkamaniacs wanted him to be, brother. He couldn't handle the load. He couldn't <laughs> handle the pressure. But what really tore us apart was the way he was so jealous of Hulkamania. The way he put Elizabeth between us. The way he manipulated her. The way he twisted this whole beautiful thing around. But I found out one thing, Macho Man. You're not a believer in the demandments, mother. Brother, <laughs> you're a cheap me. shot artist. You take whatever you can get as quick as you want. You were never in my corner. You were always on the outside waiting for me to make the first move. But just like Donald Trump, Macho Man. Uh -oh. Okay, this is where we're ready, from. brother. Because Donald Trump has questions in his own mind. He sent a whole team of seismologists out here to check the foundation of the is Trump Tower. Is he going to threaten to break this place again? When the mega powers explode yes. off the launching pad, brother, as we erupt over the whole Atlantic City, he was worried about the foundation. He was worried that the thousands of people in the arenas might become unseated and swallowed by the earth. Donald Trump, don't worry about my Hulkamaniacs. They're survivors. They're ready. But you, Macho Man, I don't care where you stand. I don't care what you believe in. All I want from you is your best. I want you to be ready. I want the Macho Madness to be at its peak. Because when Hulkamania rules, when Hulkamania lives forever, when Hulkamania this puts you down world. on your knees, yeah. I want the whole world to realize that I beat you at your best. And at the end of WrestleMania 5, I will be the World Wrestling Federation Champion. And what you gonna do, Macho Man, when the whole world full of Hulkamaniacs destroy you? Yeah, yeah, what the fuck? When you said three demandments, all I could picture is a, is a white preacher trying to be a black preacher talking to the devil. <laughs> That's all I could really picture. I but, really want you to write that sketch. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it, yeah, I'll write it. Cool. Uh, he has a, ha a habit of threatening Trump and destroying Atlantic City. and No, he's threatening Atlantic City and Trump's in on it. Oh, he's I like, see, I see. He's aware of, well, not in, but like, you know, aware of what could possibly happen if 
if the fault line gets shook. Well, this time they, he didn't say we Hulk could grab Man. onto his back to safety. This time it was just, well, they're tough kids. If they fall into the center of the earth, they'll be all right. Well, it feels they're survivors. like yeah, they're many sur- survivors. Well, it feels like he's undoing what he said last year. Like, oh no, like we're not gonna get flooded out. We're we'll be safe, guys. <laughs> just fall into the earth. Sorry about that. Like he can't say he's star- sorry. So this is like, you know, be cool, Trump. <laughs> we got this. I guess I don't. Know. <laughs> I hope you got insurance. Yeah. Uh, well, after uh, the left turn from Hulk Hogan, we go back to the ring with the Hart Foundation, my favorite tag team, taking on Rhythm and Blues before they were Rhythm and Blues. Honky Tonk Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine team up with Jimmy Hart to kind of take revenge on the Hart Foundation who have left the tutelage of the mouth of the South. And so now he's got his two men, Honky and Hammer, to go uh, beat him up. Does not work out in their favor, though. I think this is the premiere of uh, Sad Hammer. It was. I saw that. Uh, You can see this is where Hammer starts becoming Sad Hammer, and it's just not good. Yeah, he wasn't wasn't the Hammer we saw the last four WrestleManias, and it kind of bummed me out. (laughs) I think this is where they told him back right before he went out, we're going to dye your hair black, and he just went, oh. (laughs) Always rains on my birthday. Here we go go again. Gonna put on the figure four. Well, mm. mm. <laughs> I, I love the Heart Foundation like, going out there, and they were good guys now, so everybody can cheer them. They had music, uh, which a lot of guys did have music this time. Moon Dollar Man didn't have his yet, neither did Perfect, but we're getting there. So I love the match, and I love them getting over on ha- uh, Honky and Hammer. Uh, they used the megaphone against them, is, uh, which I thought was great, because you see a lot of things happening. under like, Jim the Amble was all over the place in this match. And he's running back and forth, chasing Jimmy Hart. Jimmy leaves the megaphone like on the ring apron as he's running, and uh, was it Honky goes to grab it. Jim runs, like hits Hammer, runs back, grabs the megaphone, like he's all over the place. Grabs the megaphone and then tosses it into the ring where a Hitman catches it, and then just clocks Honky right in the shoulder. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, I love the end of this match. Like I agree with everything you just said. It was it was it was a really fun match to watch. It was pretty quick too. Like not yeah, only just the long. action, it didn't go too long. They might have cut some because of the, like the Piper's Pit going so long. Uh, but at the same time, I thought it was good. I thought it was good at this length, and I, yeah. I just thought it showed how good Greg the, uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart really was because he was. I think he's underrated at times. I think he had a good, really good point. After all that talking, I needed to see something with action, something interesting, something fast. Yeah, and this was that. It was great, and then. Following this match, we have an IC title match, which was probably my favorite one uh, of this pay per view. Like and I think it might be because we have we see a title change. But the Ultimate Warrior is defending the IC title against Ravishing Rick Rude with Bobby the Brain Heenan. They the, show like the the the, bat, the history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the yeah. weird body spot where the Warrior is so into his character, he doesn't sell getting blinded by the. Water, yeah. b- bottle, bottled water that's supposed to be oil. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. So this is this happens at the the Royal Rumble uh, that just happened a couple months before this happens. They're doing a pose off, and all hell breaks loose. So we have to have a match. And this was a pretty good match. Like, pretty I, good match. And uh, yeah, Warrior performed, regard uh, despite the fact that he uh, was a terrible wrestler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rude worked his ass off for this match. Yeah. He was amazing. He like, made Warrior this, look really good. 
Love the tights with the icy belt already on them. Yeah, that and, and Warrior's uh, face on, on his, his ass. Yes, yeah. it was great. That was great. It, it made Warrior mad because his first move was to pull those pants down and punch him in the butt crack several times. That's the butt punch. It's the butt a, punch. It's devastating. You extend your middle knuckle. <laughs> it doesn't really doesn't really do anything illegal, but it scares you. It's like a it's like an atomic drop, but with your fist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> should we talk about no? Wait. wait. Well, yeah, we can talk about it. You should, can bring it up. Should, should, should we should we talk about how uh, when he came in the ring and looked like he had a boner? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Ultimate Warrior? Yeah, yeah, Ultimate Warrior, yeah. <laughs> I was going to skip over that, but yeah, we could talk about it. No, it, look, it looked like he had a bone. He probably don't. He's just probably just packing, but he just, nah, yeah, it looked like yeah. he had a bone. <laughs> like, he shook when, them ropes too hard. When he, shook the, when he shook the ropes and he linked and he linked all the way back. Yeah. Like, yeah, it looked like, yeah. Stick out farther than belt. I think yeah. that's what made it noticeable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looked like he had, he had a bone. Like Props he was, to him. <laughs> Looked like he was ready to go right there. He got himself real fired up in the back, you know. He maybe he was just very excited about it. He got a little excited. Uh, uh, the, yeah, after the boner goes away, like the match is great. And <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, like Rick, after the boner goes away. After the boner goes away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, Rick Rude took care of that real quick. Just need him right in the boner. Yeah, but he heard it. But he heard it. His knee. Yeah. He heard his knee yes. on a boner. Yeah. It was a hard one, man. <laughs> no, it was on a belt actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B on that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he clipped it on the way up. Uh, but <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the finish of the match is my favorite part, though. Which when uh, it's so simple, uh, he's suplexing uh, rude into the ring uh, and then Bobby grabs his ankle and trips him so Rude falls on top and then Bobby lays down while holding the guy's foot right so he can't kick out it was great it was awesome Bobby Heaton was working this entire uh, I know we've talked about this a billion times but he was working this entire show he was great he came out several times and he always added something to the match whether it's though the way he introduced Haku like you all should get up on your feet and bow to your king or just like something simple like holding uh, the warrior's feet so he still has, you know, so he doesn't lose any heat and he, his guy gets to look at the wind. It's, it's awesome. And then He's, Warrior beats fantastic. him up afterwards too. Yeah, and he took the bump, which was great because he brought that injury into his next match with the Red Rooster. Yeah. Um, so he, well, we yes. have another match before though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Bad News Brown. Uh, would just seem like black versus white to me. <laughs> Yeah. What yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's what it seemed like to me. Yeah. A guy built from Harlem, New York, Bad News Brown versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan, a white guy with a flag and a two by four. <laughs> that's what it looked like to me. I don't know. Well, Sorry, I made it awkward. <laughs> no, no. I was just trying to think of something nice to say about Hacksaw, and I couldn't. <laughs> 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 I know the guy. Yeah, he won. Didn't he win the first Royal Rumble? He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did that. And he won the first Royal Rumble. He was, he was pretty popular. Uh, I guess people liked the two by four. I don't know. Uh, double DQ. It was a pretty basic match. I think I got nothing really. I don't know why this is so late in the card. Yeah, that's why I'm. Wondering. I, I think like, it was just kind of a palate cleanser. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to, you know, give some space between the IC title and the World Title match, basically. Yeah, he put another. Musical and 
guest or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Bobby, then like you said, Bobby the Brain Heenan takes on the Red Rooster with uh, the Brooklyn Brawler before he became the iconic loser that he would. He had a he had a hat and a cigar. Once he lost the hat and the cigar, he became much weaker. You see. Uh, but at this time, he had the hat and the cigar, and his shirt wasn't as dirty as it would become. And he backs up Bobby Heenan and then jumps the Red Rooster after Bobby takes about a two minutes of getting a butt whooping and then losing. Brooklyn Brawler beats up on the Red Rooster, and nobody gave a shit. But um, yeah. that's that. I mean, that's like, like Brawler was in WrestleMania. I can see why this was later on the card, because we need to keep Bobby healthy throughout the Throughout this whole uh, event, but and this, but you know, I think they those two guys eventually had their own thing that they did for a while. But yeah, this was. Uh, I'm glad this was short. <laughs> I guess it's the only thing I can. <laughs> the Red Rooster. I mean, Bobby looked good. I mean, that's that's saying something when there's three wrestlers in the ring and the most entertaining person is the manager. Yeah. 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 Bobby was great. Oh, uh, what about Red Rooster's music? Oh yeah, I can do the do. That was rough, man. It was trash. We pulled that gonna, up. I was going to save that for like the worst theme music bonus episode. Wait for oh, we, we, we can do one. it twice, man. Right. Should we pull that up? No, I'll no. Pull, I can pull up a Red Rooster. Hold on. Do it. <laughs> See, this is that shit I was talking about earlier. I'm Red Rooster and I'm here to say I love wrestling in a major way I never win any of my matches But when I make babies they're always hatches Word (laughs) (laughs) That was bad That was Curtis Blow (laughs) (laughs) That was Curtis Blow You're the same cadence as Curtis Blow Basketball is my favorite sport I I like like the way they dribble up up and down the court (laughs) (laughs) That was that was Curtis Blow. Oh. What the fuck, man? <laughs> All right. Oh shit. <laughs> the red rooster. Fucking red. Uh you bob his head like a chicken. Well, so who who had better theme music, him or Strike Force? <laughs> oh. I'm Actually def- what? I, no, who do you think? I'm going with Red Rooster. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean nothing like that Strike Force song is terrible. It was a horrible song. Just, and it doesn't say strike for like what are you saying like girls in cars so you about to strike a girl in the car that what are you saying yeah oh, uh, yeah uh, strike force is canceled anyway go yeah luckily strike force <laughs> is gone the red rooster is not long for this world <laughs> and we get to one of our most awkward moments of this event mean gene interviews miss elizabeth uh, like Okay, Miss Elizabeth, iconic, first lady of wrestling, but my God, they treat her like Goldberg. Do not fucking talk. Right. Well, you can tell she was reading line by line, and the delivery was decent for someone who's not an actress, but it's a it's a five-line interview. Get off book, Elizabeth. Get off book. <laughs> hey, uh, it was just rough. I, just don't talk, Miss Elizabeth, please. I and I don't mean that. That sounds terrible. But at the same time, it was just like, if you, I, I don't know. Well, we're not saying that all females should not talk. We're right. saying wrestlers who cannot talk should not talk. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's a lot of wrestlers who are great. A lot of personalities who are great, but should not talk. Goldberg for once. 
the first time I heard him talk, I damn near threw up. That was fucking bad. Um, another person, great, great wrestler. One of my favorite wrestlers I ever watched, but his mic skills were terrible. Shelton Benjamin. Oh, that's a great example. Fucking, yeah, that's he a was great bad. example. He, he was bad. And I'm talking, so like, we're not just saying Miss Elizabeth shouldn't talk because she's a woman, because she couldn't sell it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's many women who are great talkers. Alexa Bliss. Sherry. Uh, um, Sensational Sherry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Queen Sherry. Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Just like Elizabeth, her character was great for like the facials and things she would do at ringside, not interviews. She wasn't a great interviewer. Moolah, great interview. She could she had Mike skills. And I, she could whip a girl's ass pretty good. Too. Yeah, she had some fight in her. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, this. Lot, yeah. And, and um, you know what? I'm going to throw Hogan in there, too. No, I shouldn't throw Hogan in there. No, Hogan to, can oh, talk. No, he can talk. He, he can just talk. talk too much. They talk too much. Yeah. He talk yeah. too But, like, uh, who's another fucker? To, yeah, Ultimate Warrior. It, he was weird. He was a weird. He was weird. Um, what was a weird fucking um, a weird talker? Couldn't talk for shit. Uh, Chris Benoit. Um, oh yeah, Chris Benoit. Was yeah, terrible. An amazing performer, but a horrible talker. Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko. You know what though? I hear Dean Malenko is hilarious, like a really funny guy. But whoever trained him, I think maybe and his, his dad. I think yeah, and his dad taught him that. When you're a wrestler, it's serious. It's serious business. If you're playing this character, it should be serious. So, like, he the, the way he was taught and his core beliefs is when I'm on that mic, when I'm playing the Dean Malenko character, that I have to be serious and not funny. Because everybody just t- talks about how hilarious he is. Like, he's what if you hear any like the Jericho interviews when they bring him up, you're like, dude, that is seriously one of the funniest guys backstage. Yeah, and like I, you hear that, but I and see, I liked the Iceman character though, and I liked yeah. him being serious. He, he wasn't good to talk, but he didn't have to talk. He just went out to the ring and did it, you know. He told a story with in the ring, and I thought that was great. I never, I didn't care if he ever had an interview or not. He could be the champion and do whatever he wanted to. But he the, was great. But the interviews sell T-shirts. I mean, it's just part of the business. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. You don't get that 316 T-shirt without saying 316 on an interview. That's know? true. Sorry. But I, I agree, though. Dean Malenko is one of my favorites. So after the Liz interview, we go out. We have the match, and kind of Savage comes out first. He's just kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that till just now. Like, yeah, he's a champion. He should be, he should come out second. The champ, the the champion all come out last. Yeah, the challenger come out first. So why? Yeah, but obviously they did that because they all own Hogan's dick, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. And, and props to Jesse Ventura for calling it out. Like, calling hey, out, yeah. yeah, calling out all the bullshit. Hey, Gorilla, doesn't isn't it tradition that I'm, I'm paraphrasing? Isn't it tradition that uh? The, the challenger comes out first, and he, I forgot what Gorilla said. Like, whoa. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I loved how Jesse would always call out those moments where it's kind of like, this is bullshit. You yeah, know? yeah like, 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 like Hogan cheating. Hogan cheating. Yeah, yeah. calling call out everything, you know. Uh, coming out second. Like the, Liz comes out second, but then in, and stands in a neutral corner, as she said she would do, because she represents both men. And then we have Hogan come out and do his thing. Uh, uh, the match was great, uh, and Hogan did a great job. I think he surprised surprisingly. This was, is probably was, the best Hogan match I've seen in all the WrestleManias so, thus far. Yeah, this is pretty good. 
I didn't. I didn't remember him bleeding when I go when I you know when we went back to watch this. That looked like a legit cut. That looked like because it it was uh, it wasn't a clean like like line. It, it looked like something made contact. Uh, but it looked you know, it looked great. Tell it helped tell the story. Um, again, like this is the best I've ever seen Hogan wrestle. Like he was doing like you know uh, drop toe holds and stuff like that and. Uh, and I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe it's because he's working with someone who can wrestle. Who's more mobile, you know, compared to Andre and smaller name, for him to. Yeah. yeah, he can do more stuff with you know. Yeah, like Randy. He, he kind of like adapted to his style to like kind of. Yeah, that's a very him. good point. Yeah. Yeah, this is just like yeah, like you said, Jake. He adapted to the smaller guy. This is the first time he's not fighting someone who's much bigger than he is. You know, or having to take care of like Mr. T in the first one, or any of the other stuff that he had to do this is just like a, a legit wrestling match or you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's just a straightforward title match that's what i meant yeah straightforward and of course liz gets involved somewhat uh like the moment when hogan's got savage up and he's gonna run, ram him into the the ring post but liz doesn't want him to anybody to get hurt so she stands in the way and then Savage shoves Hogan without caring about Liz's well-being, and he hits the post. And eventually, they finally get Liz out of there, and we can focus on the two guys in the ring. Well, well uh, Macho sent Elizabeth back, like pushed her out of there. Or well, yeah, he was in her face, but the the referee got, yeah, he was doing the stuff where he's sticking his finger around against her cheek and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And the ref just went out there like, yeah, you gotta get out of here. This is wrong, and went back to. Which that whole premise I wasn't cool with, like him being like putting his hands on her and stuff. Like I, I get what they were going for. I don't know how comfortable I am. I don't like that kind of content. I guess this is not my thing. Um, yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. He did, and then yeah, we kind of went back to the old Macho Man where he would boss Liz around and things and. Then he started doing a lot of his old moves too, like the hang him, hanging him up on the the rail, double axe handle. Yeah, he got him like he got throat. Snuka or not Snuka, um, Steamboat, uh, Steamboat. And then he, yeah, I loved when uh, Macho Man would run with the guy, like has him by the hair, and then like jumps over the top rope and brings the guy down with him. Right. Uh, that was great. Uh, so the only thing, of course, at the end, you know what's you know what happens. Hogan must pose, as they say, and. Macho Man drops that beautiful elbow and he hits the wrong, he hits the Hulk up button. And <laughs> <laughs> yep, and then Hogan starts to shake and we all know what happens then. He reacted, he reacted pretty late to the elbow though. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, like, I heard he's a no sell, but this is a slow sell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. Don't yeah. do jokes. Just stick to your Curtis Blow. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> stick to the raps. Stick to the raps. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, um, I do want to say one thing about the elbow drop. Like, I loved how Jesse just kept leading to it. Like, if he hits that elbow, it's over. It's over. And then, of course, it wasn't. But I liked the story they were telling there, though. Like, yep. If the champion can hit his finisher, it's lights out. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't. Uh, and like, there was some, there was some booze to the Hulkin up, wasn't there? I felt like it. I, I didn't feel like it was booze to Hogan or Macho. I, I, I heard they're to me they were booing Macho mostly. When he first came out, they were booing Macho, but it seemed to be, yeah, he didn't get the same reaction he got when he was fighting Andre. 
Like, I don't think people were as on board with Hogan. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe there were sound issues or something, but it didn't feel like the same electricity as... I'm still looking for that 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 same kind of pop that Hogan got when he finally got Andre up. Yeah. And I don't know if there's ever going to be a moment. I, I think, like, the closest we've got is when Kofi won last year. Because that was... That was such a great buildup. He had everybody on his side when he got that three count. That was, that was amazing. So I, th- I think I'm still looking for that. I, I think though, as far as a wrestling match, this was probably the most incredible main event of any WrestleMania thus far. Yeah, this is, I think this was the best main event we've seen as as far as just the match and story. It was a long buildup, a long story. Like over a year, but I mean literally a year. It was like a full year because it started right when he won the title, and they kept it going and just kind of slowly building to this. And it, Macho Man would go on to be like the great villain, the Macho King, and everything. Uh, but yeah, I loved this main event. Loved them, and this show was just great. It was a great time to go back and watch it because it was very nostalgic for me going back, as this was like the moment when I started kind of knowing what wrestling was. Wasn't a huge fan yet, but I was getting there, so I loved it. How about you guys? What's your overall opinion? Uh, I think this is a must-watch, definitely. Yeah, must-watch, definitely. Yeah, the IC title match, the main event, Henning and uh, Blazer, at the very least, those three, right? Agreed, agreed, yeah. yeah. WrestleMania Five holds up, and we hope you guys will hold on to your subscriptions. Please, please again, rate, review, and subscribe if you get a chance. And until next time, my name is Alex Ketchum. Bob Wick. Jake Russell. We're going for the leg. Hold up now before you go. We here at the WrestleManiacs podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories, your comments, your questions, so we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook, or you can Email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com or on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in. We want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows or however you get your podcast or at GabberMedia.com. See you guys next time.